Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 87, a horrible number, Sidney Crosby. Uh... You know, how do you like our captain's elbow, huh? Anyway, yeah, I know I'm coming out of the gate hot oh, with this he? one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I'm sick of, you know, Truba getting attacked as a dirty player. I mean, listen, he, does he finish his checks? Yes. Does he, you know, you know, is he more aggressive than maybe the average defenseman? Of course, but that's his game. And I have to say, he does get caught in a lot of weird situations, but I wouldn't exactly call him like, dirty Uh, there's plenty of dirty players in the league and i don't think you can group truba in one of them i just think he hits very very hard and i don't think people are used to seeing a defenseman like that as uh you know as time has gone on that type of defenseman has you know kind of disappeared and i think there's a little bit more caution to using the body and being physical because you are sacrificing time and space and speed and just players are so dynamic now that it just the game has kind of changed but when it hits man it hits hard so i yeah i came out of the gate hot i i apologize (laughs) but not really uh so i I guess there's a lot to talk about uh little things here so to start the podcast i have to ask andy how are you doing i'm doing all right happy the temperature's coming down i know that's all i ever talk about on this podcast because but uh i cannot stress enough how much i hate being hot and uncomfortable and i'm ready for fall so yeah although i'm i i, I said off mic i'm still sweating somehow even though it's much cooler but that might be just when i slap slap the uh the old podcast headphones on and i get in the mic and i get nervous because we're uh about to record so that might be it but no i'm doing good no complaints uh you know i'm if as you listen to this, I'm actually, James and I are retroactively recording. We're not retroactively. We are pre-recording this episode because I'm going to be uh, in beautiful Lake George, New York for the week. So James uh, was gracious enough to agree to just record this with me beforehand, um, just to let you know how the sausage is made. So uh, yeah, so we, I because I still want to be on the podcast, uh, I guess just call me greedy, I guess. But uh, yeah, so I'm uh, getting just doing last minute cleaning and shopping and uh, all the stuff I need to do before I, I leave for a week and just get the, all the ducks in a row and really looking forward to it, but also happy to be able to still talk Rangers hockey with James this week. And of course, when I go away, all the 
a bunch of big stuff's going to go down, but uh, you know, we will have to wait or, you know, James will have to talk about it by himself, but um, yeah, I'm doing good, man. Yeah. Well, no, I'm listen, I'm jealous of you that you're going away for a week. Do you have uh like, what do you do up in Lake George? If you don't mind me asking, oh, like, no, what's your fine. favorite thing to do? Obviously you're there to chill out, hang out and, and, you know, not stress too much. So absolutely. You're there to basically just go down to the lakefront, uh, you know, get some sun, read a bit with the shades on, uh, have a nice little koozie with uh, your hard seltzer of choice in it. And then if you want, uh, go swimming to cool off and, you know, in the, in the beautiful clear water up there or uh, take one of the paddle boards out and just get a nice little workout. You take, you know, you know just tool around the lake. Um, unfortunately, for if you want to go, uh, one, the lake that we're staying on is one of the satellite lakes called Trout Lake. And unfortunately, unlike Lake George proper, there is a um, a horsepower limit for some of the the boats you can have out there. So uh, yeah, it's sometimes with the usually with the the boats you can rent if you want to go like let's say um, water skiing or wakeboarding or whatever. Uh, it's hard to get my fat ass out of the water. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not even that heavy, but I just it's know difficult. In the past, it's, it's it's difficult that you know the older and the the bigger you get the the more difficult it is for those little boats to pull you out of the water, you know, especially if there's a horse, I forget what it is. The limit on this lake is, but, um, uh, yeah. So, but like I said, we mostly do that at night. There's campfires and cookouts and everyone takes out the, breaks out the acoustic guitars and they sing songs around the campfire. And, uh, yeah, there's all sorts of fun stuff. It's a lot of drinking. If it rains, you know, uh, you're inside, you're playing board games with your families and listening to music and drinking. And so no matter what happens or whatever, however the weather shapes up, I have a contingency plan to relax. So looking forward right. to it. No, very nice. Je- jealous for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it sounds like a lot of fun. Hopefully the weather holds up and you can spend as much time outdoors relaxing and, and hanging out. So, all right. Uh, the first thing I kind of want to talk about, and this kind of just popped up on the NHL news feed is Pacioretty's going to be out. Looks like for about half the season with a torn Achilles, not the best look for a 33 year old, uh, tough injury to come back from obviously modern day science and, uh, you know, doctors and, and how, how surgeries go, you know, it, it's a, something that you could definitely come back from for sure. But, you know, I have to say, Andy, uh, I'm pleasantly, you don't want to see anybody injured, but I am pleasantly happy to see that the Carolina Hurricanes are already off to a rough start to start the season. Yeah, again, it's obviously you don't want to see anyone hurt, but it's, uh, well, I guess you can look at it two ways. It's although I believe Don Waddell said they weren't going to go the, the, uh, the uh, Tampa Bay route and, and uh, Kucherov, which has become a verb now. Patch ready, so just you know, uh, shed a salary and then only activate him at the season end. Um, I believe what they said six months, so he should be back January, maybe, right? Um, uh, yeah, mid January. Well. Yeah, mid January. Uh, yeah, so it's not like they February. could they could they couldn't stash him until the year's end anyway. Um, but uh, he might. Yeah, not like you said, that, it, it's obviously it's as it's as big of a blow as it is for them. Hopefully that. You know, Carolina, their biggest issue has been finishing, and that's why they brought him in. He is a say what you will about him. He's a he's an elite finisher in the NHL uh, at this point in time. So obviously, their loss for them is is helpful to the rest of the division, which of which the Rangers are in. So yeah, um, 
So, but again, they have, they're going to still have, uh, they've made plenty of moves. Obviously they out D'Angelo goes out, but they bring Brent Burns in. Uh, interestingly, Jake Gardner apparently is going to be healthy enough to play. So we'll see. He hasn't played in a while. So we'll see if he, how he looks, you know, um, uh, and also, uh, they signed Andre Kasha, right. Mm-hmm. Who has been inconsistent, you know, when he's been healthy, he's been a really good player, but he's just struggled so much with injuries over the last few seasons. So that's another thing, you know, with, with them is that, can they stay healthy? Um, yeah. And you know, can they make it? Do they, I think they're a good enough team that they'll be fine without him. And then once he comes back, uh, it'll, it'll really give their club a boost. But, you know, I don't know. Strange things have happened. I mean, we get uh, news came out today that Robin Lehner is going to have to have a cert, you know, lower body surgery and he's going to miss the entirety of next season. So uh, Vegas has become a cursed franchise. And honestly, it's probably their uh, uh, Kelly McCrimmon's fault because the way he treats players and just the, the rap that organization has already got for just being disloyal and just treating their player, you know, just being kind of too cutthroat when they, and when they could just be a little bit civil, you know, I under, we understand it's a business, but they're already getting a bad reputation and it just, I don't know. It seems, I don't know if you believe in, if you believe in the hockey bot gods, like our, our buddy Gibby does, then this is not a surprise to you that they are having so many injury problems and just what's happened to them in the last few seasons, all, especially all, they had a lot of goodwill, as that, you know, just the scrappy underdog uh, Vegas Golden Knights that went to the, the Stanley Cup final in their first se- inaugural season with uh, Gerard Gallant with, with Turk behind the bench. And they've kind of, yeah, that script has been flipped a little bit, you know. So, um, yeah, just uh, yeah, brutal news for, you know, a bunch of uh, teams uh, over the weekend. And teams that really, well, I should say more so the, the uh, you know, Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, whenever you lose your, you know, starting goaltender, it's never... Never good, obviously. And for a team that kind of struggled last year uh, with consistency, I mean, losing a goaltender is certainly not going to help. I mean, I, I mean, what do you do at that point? Because it's not like he's missing half the season. He's missing the full season. So you're really going to have to find an answer and find it quick. And, well, you know, not like I said, excuse me, I got a mint in my mouth, but it's not exactly um, – not exactly shocking that a team with you know Vegas's reputation now is finally the curse is becoming real you know and uh, I'm very curious to see again how this team ends up doing uh, next season because they were on the outside looking in last year obviously a full year with Eichel you know obviously they dealt with a bunch of injuries last year it they're a team that should be fighting for a playoff spot but now you lose a goaltender like Leonard. You never know. So, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of teams in the middle of the pack there uh, in the West, and you know it's not going to be easy for any team, uh, you know, in that in that group to make the playoffs. So, yeah. Uh, next thing, Andy, that I had for you, um, you know, looking at the New York Rangers in the standings, uh, you know, I know I said last podcast expectations for the New York Rangers are just simply to, whoa, simply Sorry. to no. <laughs> Man, angry bus driver, something. Yeah, they're, they're do. I'm my wife is obviously in the office working because we're recording this midday. Uh, so I am usually I record in there, but I'm recording in my living room. Uh, yeah, not the window's not too thick. They're doing uh, some major construction outside, so unfortunately, 
Um, you're going to hear a lot of honks and I'm sure and <laughs> jackhammering at some point. So I'm going to do my best to like, you know, keep my edited out as best I can, but I guess some things are going to slip through. So, but do not be alarmed again. I've always said this is an authentic, uh, New York city podcast. And I mean that, so. Yeah, no. Well, and you know, I'm sure you get some people that think that we maybe, you know, edit those, you know, those sounds in there. What for clout? Yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't put it past me. I would do that, but, <laughs> but I swear I don't. So. It'd be funny. Like for curses, if you did like a little jackhammer sound instead of the actual word yeah, and a wooga or a siren. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I want to know if you really kind of agree with me and what your expectations are of the Rangers um, and where they might finish in the standings next year. Is there any pressure to be a top three team in the Metro or is a wild card spot acceptable for you? Uh, I think there's pressure to be in the top three. They don't have to win, but I think they would, I think internally they would like to be better than a wild card team. I think when you have arguably the best goaltender in the division, um, you know, him and Sorokin are probably the two best in that division as it stands today. Uh, you would hope that would be the case, right? So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think they need to finish first. I still think Carolina's got that on lock, but you know, we could see the Islanders bounce back this coming season, especially as they're about to announce their, you know, all their signing, their rumored uh, four signings or whatever it is, and re-signings. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, between the, you know, the Rangers, the Islanders, Carolina, you know, I don't think Philly is a, even with torts and, and some healthy guys, I still don't think they make the playoffs. I don't think Columbus does either, although they'll be better, but yeah, I guess the, then all eyes basically could turn to, uh, what, you know, how does Pittsburgh look just keeping the band together, just see another year older and, and how does Washington look? Right. So, um, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I don't, you know, listen, you want to get, just get in, it should be the motto, but at the same time, I think, if you're, if I'm being honest, I think they're at least they see themselves in the top three sp- spots. But even if they do get in as a wild card, then I think it's all business. So who knows? And we've we've spoken about teams that have kind of just won the cup after coming into the uh, the playoffs as a wild card team. And you know, just maybe there's something to be said about just knowing how you know <laughs> when to put your foot on the gas and when to just conserve your energy and try to stay healthy. So we'll see. But um, I no, I would I would expect they I don't think they they need to win their division, but I think they at least would like to they see themselves as a team worthy of finishing in the, in the top two or three. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, I guess looking at the division right now, the Metro is probably, you know, more obviously top heavy than the Atlantic, you know, given that the Atlantic has you know, their top three spots pretty much on lock. Although, you know, Boston, you know, hung around there. And now that they were able to sign uh, Krejci and, and, and Bergeron, uh, you know, I, I don't know how they're going to look, to be honest with you. And I just feel like if you looked at Ottawa, Detroit, and Buffalo, and even Montreal, I think all those teams have improved. So overall, I'd say the Atlantic is definitely a much deeper division than the Metro, given, you know, New Jersey, Philly, Columbus definitely is, is, is better. Um, you know, obviously signing Johnny hockey and you never know what the Islanders are going to look like going into next season because they haven't announced anything yet. And you don't know if you know they have announced Mary Kadri and, you know, I just think overall, you know, now that they're full time in their stadium, you know, they're going to 
hopefully not have that excuse next year when they, uh, you know, aren't in the playoffs, you know, as they Islanders fans use the fact that they played the first like 20 games on the road as an excuse, but it is what it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I, for me, there's no pressure for the Rangers. Obviously, you'd like to see them get home ice advantage, at least for one playoff series. But, you know, for, for me, I, I don't know if that's really that important for the New York Rangers. I just think making the playoffs and, you know, uh, you know, whether you're the two or three seed, I don't think that truly matters, obviously, until game seven, but uh, which was important last year. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'd hopefully like to see the Rangers win a series before seven games. But um, it is what it is. So um, another thing, Andy, that you brought up last podcast that I kind of wanted to elaborate on was you mentioned how you really wanted to kind of see the kid line stay together, given their success, especially in the playoffs. And, you know, they had some chemistry. You know, they were certainly a buzz line for us created a lot of energy scoring chances, probably our most consistent line at times. So, you know, I just want to kind of get your idea. If you're Gallant going into next season, you know, if the, you know, if games are starting next week, what would your projected lineup look like if you're keeping the kid line together? Uh, given that you got players like, you know, uh, you know, Sammy Blay and, and, and Hunt and Goudreau, you know, where are you putting those kind of other players in this lineup if you keep the kid line together? I guess it's tough. I think I think Blay is the most interesting because you he is the type of player that, you know, I think he's been a fourth liner in the past, but there's always been some belief that he can be a little bit more than that. He he's shown some some nifty hands and some at least some you know middle six skill at times. But obviously, health has been a, an issue for him, and he's not the fastest, you know, most fleet of foot uh, skater. So I think he's the big one. Is that what do we see out of him? You know, um, do you think he's going to be fully recovered to start the season? Because I saw some stuff that like the Rangers, given their depth, might not even start him to start the season. Uh, yeah, I, I guess a lot depends on training camp, and and also obviously Turk has his preferences. You know, you. Um, we shall see. Like I said, I, I mentioned in the last podcast that players like Kraftsoff might have, a, even though they're probably because of their contract status, they will make the team or they won't. Who knows? I mean, I, there's a lot of Rangers fans that are like, oh, well, this is good. This means he's definitely making the team. Eh, I, I wouldn't say that. If Turk goes to, to Chris Drury and says, Chris, I'm telling you, I just don't see it. I don't think the effort's not there, whatever whether it's bullshit or not, or it's, or it's warranted, then he's not on the team. You know what I mean? He's going to get put on waivers and when the Rangers are going to lose him for nothing. It is what it is. So, uh, yeah, I think Turk is the type of guy that he's not like much like Chris Drury. It's like the situation is a situation and he's going to go with the team. He thinks he has the best chance to win. Is it misguided and sometimes leads him to benching a player like Capo Yeah. But again, it just shows you it's his, his way goes. Right. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, uh, we don't have to, we don't agree with it all the time, but it, that's what does happen, you know? Yeah. And you know, I don't know last year, Sammy Blay, I know the sample size was kind of small, but I kind of liked his game. You know, I thought he was an energy player. Uh, you know, I thought, you know, he would have been a type of guy that you could plugged in anywhere in the lineup and given, you know, the injury status of certain players, you know, he would have been a perfect, you know, player for that role. 
now that he's coming off kind of a very, you know, not kind of coming off, he is coming off a very serious injury. And, you know, there are still, you know, people out there saying that, you know, he may not start exactly in the lineup to start the season, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, kind of, you know, jumble some things a little bit. I definitely agreed with you about keeping the kid line together. Um, you know, although that might not be the reality of the situation with Gallant, what would you say of maybe moving, you know, Panarin with Zibanejad? Do you think that's a possibility at all going into next year? And I say that because, like, what would you feel, how would you feel about Trocek centering, you know, Lafreniere and, and Akako as your second line? Uh, yeah, you know, it's weird. It's one of those things that I could definitely see it. It might make sense. Um, it's just, I think it's one of those things that until they try it out, I, I don't, I'm sure they don't know. And we don't know, you know what I mean? I guess you could, on the one hand, there's something to be said about just absolutely stacking your top two lines. Then it, a lot falls on that third line with Heedel. I mean, you know, which is, I guess it depends on what team you're playing too, right? I think it'll work like, well against some teams, but I feel if, like the, you could have then Heedle play with Kreider and all of a sudden now your third line, you know, could be that a, is true. And Kreider and Heedle would be a puck possession. It'd be what you would probably want from a, a third line. It's just, mm-hmm. uh, you'd have to hope I would, I would probably try to put a, a more defensive, uh, winger on the other side then to play with them. I, I would think just a little bit more detail oriented, you know, um, not that those guys can't be, but that's not certainly not their calling cards or specialties, but obviously uh, possessing and holding on to the puck and cycling in the offensive zone is their specialties because they're both big bodies and rangy and, and fast and strong and quick, you know? So um, as long as when the play goes the other way, there's someone who knows where to be and can kind of conduct some on ice traffic as a forward and be smart about their positioning. I think that would help if that's the route they're going to go. I think that would be a wise move, you know? The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like, you know, looking at the options, especially, you know, for that third line, I feel like, you know, if you had Heedle, Kreider, and even Goudreau together, that would give it somewhat of a good balance. I feel like that line would generate scoring opportunities and and hopefully, you know, throwing pucks to the net and just getting rebounds and deflections, you know, Kreider will be able to contribute. And... You know, I, I feel like, and I don't know if you agree with me, Andy, but there needs to be some more pr- production on the bottom six. And I know it's kind of unfair to always ask those lines to contribute on a daily basis, but 
you know, with the NHL and how tough it is right now, like you need scoring from everywhere. And with the New York Rangers special teams and their success last year, I don't know if they're going to be able to repeat that and have the same amount of success. So there needs to be some making up or makeup ground elsewhere. And, you know, it's going to have to come from the bottom six for sure, because five on five, you know, across the board, the Rangers weren't exactly the best team, but they were able to get the job done on special teams. And, you know, if now you can have a, you know, a bottom six and six and especially a third line that can contribute, you know, pretty often, you know, and I feel like if you put guys like Kreider and, and Hedl and even Goudreau on that third line, you can probably find some sort of, you know, production, uh, at some, at some respectable level. So I don't know what your thoughts on that. And then for a fourth line, obviously it would have to be, you know, probably a Carpenter Reeves, you have Gauthier, you know, Hunt, there's, you know, so many guys now to fill in that fourth line. Yeah, that's, I think obviously we, we, and we spoke about this uh, in the last few podcasts where how it's really that, that fourth line is at the kind of the intrigue line. Um, between players knocking on the door in the AHL, but also the fact that uh, due to salary cap constraints that and how many roster players they can carry this year, once it's set, it's pretty much set. So again, they have to be sure. Obviously, there are different circumstances, like you know if they have a player that's on a two-way, but you know they, then someone's got to be sent down, even if it's a, a paper move. Then they're not practicing, you know. So it's just there's 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 wrinkles to it, right? But um. Uh, yeah, that, that'll definitely be the most intriguing. And I think we saw as, as nice, you know, it was nice to see the, how the way the fourth line had operated during the regular season. I just think that Turks, everyone can play anywhere. I want them to approach didn't really work out in the playoffs so much. I didn't think the fourth line was all that, uh, didn't stand out all that much. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, Reeves was kind of exposed. With yeah, I th- and I think that's why I think there's something to be said about it. if you're so hell bent on playing him. This is the last year of his contract with the Rangers, right? Or no, he got an extension, didn't he? Um, uh, no, he, this is the I think the last year he had only contract. signed for one. He got the extension for the second year. Um, yeah, I mean, keep if you want to if you're absolutely going to throw inject him into playoff games and you have to keep him healthy throughout the season. He's all he's you know what 38 years old now. You know, uh, no, he's, he's, well he's 30. He'll be 36 whatever yeah close enough <laughs> i mean well. listen yeah but I, you know this... he's a big guy and he's he's not fast and i mean he you know every year they the older guys say the right thing oh, i gotta get lighter and faster next year but you know it's, it's they have 36 year old legs you know and they're gonna go only as fast and you're even even if reeves cuts five to ten pounds i don't think he's gonna get that much faster you know what i mean so um uh yeah so again i think he should be it would be nice to have a consistent checking fourth line you know i think dryden hunt i think had a better season than ranger fans give him credit for and he's um unfortunately he's the victim of jesper foss syndrome is that you play a style that the coach absolutely falls in love with and then they put you in in advisedly it put yeah. you uh in the, the top six or with panarin or something and then it doesn't go it starts not working and then it, it affects how they view you you know what I mean? When they should have just left you on the fourth line. Uh, you know, I think towards the tail end, it, you could have said if you if my, if you had, had if at any point they had had a fourth line that was Mott, Rooney, Hunt, I think that would have been a good fourth line, right? Oh, but absolutely. they were always carrying Reeves around in terms of who's slower and just kind of mess with the flow of things and breaking the puck out. 
or even hell, if the entire team's healthy and Gaudreau, who's also killing penalties and, you know, spent time in the fourth line, depending on, you know, next season, if you have crafts off Blay and Heedle, let's say that's your third line, right? You, you can put Gaudreau on the fourth line and maybe bump him up if you're not seeing enough from one of those guys in the third, but, and just flip flop. But yeah, that, that would be the makings of a good fourth line. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're paying a guy all that money to be in your fourth line, but he does do other things for the team, you know? And you paid for the pedigree a bit. So don't worry about so much. Just use it how it works out best for team success. So, you know. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And the one thing, you know, with the New York Rangers is that, yeah, you, you listen, it, the cap is the cap. And you've already spent money on certain players. Like, I'm sure a lot of people, you know, scr- have a head scratcher with Gaudreau and being like, how do you project this guy for your fourth line? But yeah, he's making $3.6 million a year. It's like, well... <laughs> Goudreau's the type of guy, he's almost like your insurance plan. You know, if if someone in the top six goes and you saw how valuable he was last year in the playoffs, it's like, could you really put a price on that? And it's like, I feel like 3.6 is pretty fair to have a player like him and how versatile he is and, and how effective he is. And, 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 you know, listen, he brings a lot of experience and what you need on that fourth line and third line is not just, you know, guys to go out there and work hard, but guys that could, you know, be a leader, you know, it's a different mindset playing on the third and fourth line on a hockey team. And, you know, whether that be the NHL, AHL, college hockey, there's a role to be had. And if, you know, you don't have guys to buy into that role and understand that, you know, their place is never set in stone, but you're probably more of an impact player playing on the bottom six as a leader and a role model, and you're going to kill penalties. And, you know, this is the type of player you exactly want. And when, you know, when the Rangers are backs up against the wall, you know, there are not many players stepped up, but Goudreau was certainly one of those players that, you know, you saw the impact, you know, when he was down and out with an injury, the Rangers felt it. And then when he came back, the Rangers felt it. They were a different team with them. So you could say all you want about, you know, how he probably doesn't belong on the fourth line or the third line and you're spending too much money on a player like that. But man, oh man, you look at the playoffs last year, the impact was there. So, uh, yeah, I have no problem with a player like a you know, plugging in up and down the lineup. Uh, that's not a problem. Um, you know, I am curious to see how they platoon Reeves a little bit. I would imagine he's definitely going to be one of those players that are rostered <laughs> and, you know, uh, you know, it, I don't know. You, you do have guys like Carpenter, you have Hunt, Sammy Blay, you know, I don't, I don't know where these guys are going to fit in and where Gallant wants them. You know, I know the fans have their projected lineup and what they want to see, but you know, Gallant might have a different approach to this. And again, it's, it's not a, a sprint. It's going to be a marathon and, you know, you know, obviously this is the first true regular season, I think they said, with a normal start and a normal schedule since like 2018. So, yeah, it, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the Rangers, uh, how, their, how their bottom six looks. Um, speaking of the regular, you know, the season kind of being back to First off, do you have anything else, Andy, to throw in there about the third or fourth line? Uh, nope, not really. I think we pretty much covered it. Uh yeah, it'll be interesting to see as we training camp starts. Uh, it'll be interesting uh, if like a player we don't expect from Hartford or slated to currently play in Hartford surprises and, and get has their name thrown into the the conversation. 
but it'll definitely be uh it'll definitely be strange to see or you know or interesting to see i should say is there a hard date for training camp or is it just kind of mid-september um i should know this but i don't i'm so i'm just gonna google it new york rangers training camp i believe there is a date um I feel like the only date that I saw, I don't know why, but it had the Blackhawks at like September 11th or something. No, not September 11th, like September like 14th. Yeah, maybe. I, I can't find, I'm Googling, I cannot find anything. So maybe it's not made officially official, but I'm, I'm sure it is. I'm sure just, I just can't find it. But yeah, it's some, it's clearly, it's sometime in, in September. So, okay. Um, We know that when the preseason is obviously, so I think you can extrapolate that training camp would start, you know, yeah, um, you know, two weeks ahead of that or a week and a half or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, So I go, well, I guess my last question for you, Andy, is how do you feel about the NHL global series challenge? Oh, I I think it's cool. I'm, you know, I'm glad teams do it. Uh, Although, I think it's, I mean, I think it's cool as a fan, but there's a lot of, I've heard a lot of former players say it like messes the the flow of their season up in the beginning because of the weird travel. If you're playing in a place like you have to get, get off the season on a good foot and you're starting by playing in a time zone that's like almost, you know, overnight, whereas it would be, you know, you, you're where it's 7 p.m. there, it would be the middle of the night there and then you get home and then there's jet lag and your rhythm's off and they're such creatures of habit, you know, so but I, I obviously like the, um, you know, I, I like it as a fan. I it was I thought it was really cool when the Rangers played in the Swedish one, and and for one of their exhibitions, the Ducks, they played right? Lund- Yeah, and they played Lundqvist, uh, Frulunda, which was Hank's old team, and obviously Joel, his brother, was on that team, right? Yeah. Um, it's always interesting when the NHL team loses to you know a, a team of the other team, you know, in an exhibition game or whatever. Yeah. Although I guess you could say, oh, we, we were just we were saving it, you know. <laughs> Yeah, or I mean, like, oh, the ice is bigger. We're not used to it. But. <laughs> yeah, but if there's really any merit, honestly, then you know you can make the case that well, let's see how you do if you do an 82 game schedule against the NHL teams and see. Well, how that's you- a, yeah. I mean, listen, I just think it's different. I don't know if it's better or worse. I mean, you look at the World Championships and a lot of you know, I think a lot of teams that end up winning, like uh, a lot. Sometimes there are countries that maybe only have one or two NHLers. I mean, when Capo Kako and Team Finland won, true, they there was. They played against NHL talent and they won because it's just a different, little bit different with the ice surfaces and you have more time and your routes can be different and you can do different things. And it, yeah, it clearly helped them out, you know? So yeah, hockey is the hockey world is bigger. You know, obviously we're, we're always victims of the, well, this is the most elite league in the world. It's like, yeah, probably, you know, but at the same time, that doesn't mean everyone else sucks until they get there. <laughs> you know, well, no, I mean, I mean, how many times do we see, you know, a 26 year old come, you know, from the KHL and, you know, they're a star here in the NHL. There's definitely players and on yeah. any given night, there's obviously going to be exactly. competition, but, uh, you know, through the course of a season, yeah, the NHL is probably, you know, definitely the is. most grueling schedule. And, uh, you know, yeah. that's, I think that's it. I think understandably hockey is so much variance in the sport due to just the physics of vulcanized rubber and frictionless surface like ice. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not uh, as static as like say baseball or, you know, so things can happen. You can have off nights and, and you know, any team in the league can beat any other team. And that, and that goes almost for any league anywhere almost sometimes. So, but yeah, that's the great equalizer is that they play a season that's long enough to 
that in the end it becomes a law of averages and kind of evens out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My thoughts on the uh, global series and we'll, you know, talk about this too at, at length, um, uh, maybe later on in the, uh, in the summer, but you know, for me, yeah, I just, I think, I feel like it's almost a weird thing to do to start off the season. And I know this year it doesn't affect the Rangers. It's Nashville. And I think San Jose, but I do think it's like a little unfair that these teams have to start on, you know, the other side of the world and then fly back, you know, that's a long, that's like a long flight. And, you know, it's just a weird way to start off your season. And I know you get the first two games under your belt, but to lose like a home game that way, I don't know. I feel like I wouldn't be that thrilled as a player to uh, want to have to start that, you know, the season that way. But anyway, uh, anything else, Andy, that you got? Um, well, I did have a, you know, we're going to keep this one short. Because, again, not too much news to talk about. But I did have a, a little surprise for you in honor of the New York Rangers naming Jacob Trupa captain. I thought it'd be fun if we just uh, we played a little game. I have a little quiz here for you here, James, of my own design. It's very okay. small. It's very brief. It's only three questions. All right. And it's the, uh, you know, oh, captain, my captain, New York Rangers captain's quiz. Oh, so, boy. It's just multiple choice okay. sometimes. And then sometimes it's just yes or no. So okay. very easy. And I'm going to keep it very brief. So I'm an idiot though. So this is going to be very difficult. So no, that's all right. We'll no, and no, and obviously no cheating. Right, so no, definitely. Not. All right. Ready for question number one. I am ready. Okay, James. So obviously there are now have been 28 captains in the history of the New York Rangers. Um, of the cat of those captains, which of these following individuals uh, had the longest tenure as uh, New York Rangers captain. Are you ready? Yeah, no, I'm ready. I'm ready. Is All this right. multiple choice? It's multiple choice. All right. I have one that popped into my mind, but I want to hear the choice. All right. First. So is it A, Barry Beck, B, Mark Messier, C, Bob Nevin, or D, Bill Cook? Ah. <sighs> Okay, so the captain that popped into my head is not one of those choices. Oh, mm. uh, God. Um, I want to say D. Cook. James, you are correct. It All is right. Bill Cook. Bill Cook was the captain of the New York Rangers for 11 seasons. Uh, in, I, I will, do you want to guess who was second to him? Um, uh well, is it is it one of the choices? Uh, depending on how you look at it, if, if by the def how I how I laid the question out, yes, it is. Okay. Um, I forget which uh, person you picked for um, Barry Beck, Mark Messier, Bob Nevin, and Bill Cook. Nevin, I would go with number two. That is incorrect. Ugh. How long was he? Uh, I don't know. I pull it back. I think it was he was like uh, five years. Okay, five seasons. Um, the answer. My wife is trying not to mess up the podcast. Uh, the answer was B. Mark Messier. Um, as we know, Mark Messier had two stints with the Rangers: a uh, six-year stint oh, followed no. by a four coming returning for a four-year stint. Uh, so putting him at ten. So just one shy of Bill Cook. It's eleven seasons. 
Interesting, 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 right? Yes, yes. Okay. I didn't put Messier for the two stints together for some reason, which is why I didn't add his numbers up. But yeah, no, all right, fair enough. All right, you ready for question number two? I am ready. Um, okay, so obviously, uh, and there's no, in, in asking this question, there's no trickery here. It's not like there's going to be a goaltender. Of the 28th Ranger, 28 Rangers captains now in history, uh, obviously, some of them have been forwards and some of them have been defensemen. What position do you think more of New York Rangers captains have held? And if you, after you guess, I want you to give me a rough guess on what the number is. Okay. Well, I'm going to guess, man, I'm going to guess there's been more forward captains. And That's your guess? I, yes. You are correct. Okay. And I am going to say the split of the 28 would have to go. I'm going to say it's probably a little bit more lopsided than people think. So I am going to say, God, I'm going to say 18 and 10. That is incorrect. <sighs> it is actually closer than people would think. Really? Yes, it is 25 forwards and, uh, oh, excuse me, 25, Jesus. It's 15 forwards and uh, 13 defensemen. Okay. So, you know. Yeah, very close. Uh, Fun fact, however, one of these gentlemen who was the New York Rangers captain was both, played both uh, forward and defense in one season. Gosh. Where, Where is he? Hold on. I just had his name pulled up. I had his name. Oh, uh, yes. It was uh, Neil Colville. Okay. I don't. I definitely wouldn't have gotten that. Yeah, he is a he is a thro- uh, throwback, 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 throwback uh, player. But, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, and the game was so different back then. You know, the way they played defense was and, and, and just, you know. So, yeah, interesting. Um, yeah. All right, and I have one more question for you. All right. Unfortunately, I think I accidentally exited out of the tab in which I had all the info for it. Um, uh, oh, shit, I did. Whoopsie. Okay, well, you know what? Um, I'm just going to freestyle it then, James. Okay. Uh, how many, in the, since the inception of the NHL draft, how many of the Rangers, New York Rangers captains have been homegrown and drafted by the team? Oh, boy. Uh, or how how about this? How about um, well, I was going to say it might be hard to just name name them all over because there's been a lot of gentlemen. Uh, but how or how you know what? I'll make it even easier for you. I am going to name every New York Rangers captain since uh, the inception of the draft, and you just tell me were they drafted by the New York Rangers? How's that okay. work? Okay, yeah, it's easier, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, and I'm gonna. I'm obviously not gonna start in this, the 1963 season because it's very rare for a player to be drafted and then immediately named New York Rangers captain. Right. So, uh, okay. Because when they were, uh, let's see, Andy Bathgate was captain uh, before. From the, he start, he was given the captaincy in the 61-62 uh, season. So it's obviously not him. It wouldn't be Camille Henry, who was the season right after that, and then Bob Nevin the season after that. So starting in 1971. Vic Hadfield. James, was Vic Hadfield drafted by the New York Rangers? I want to say he was, yes. 
This this one is tough. He technically was, although he, it wasn't in the NHL draft. It was he was selected in a uh, exp- expansion draft, draft from the American Hockey League in which he played what, before they had the the proper minor league affiliate affiliacy they have now. So okay. t- I guess that's a technically yes, right? Yeah, uh, Brad Park. Oh man, I don't think Brad Park was. He was. He was drafted second overall by the New York Rangers. Uh, famously, I believe. So he's he was. I think he was the Rangers' first premier draft pick, if I'm not to be mistaken. Was he? I feel like I've had a conversation. All right. No, I mean that's besides the point. But All right. Go ahead. Uh, this one's easy. Phil Esposito. Yes. No. 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 God. <laughs> okay. No. I know you know this answer. So yes. No Espo. Uh, fa- uh, I. You know what it is. I still. I don't know why. I feel like you're asking me are they captains or not. But go ahead. Go. No, okay, yeah. Also, obviously, as we know, uh, probably one of the worst trades in NHL history. Yes. Uh, Besides McDonough. What's up? Besides the McDonough trade. Uh, Yeah. So, anyway. um, Let's see, where am I? Okay. Uh, Dave Maloney. Was Dave Maloney drafted by the Rangers? Oh, God. I don't people I'm so bad with this stuff. I'm going right. to say no. I'm going to say no. He wasn't. He was. He Dave was. Maloney okay. Was. Yeah. So far right. it seems a lot of their captains since then were actually drafted by the team. Uh right. Barry Beck. God. I, this one is like um <laughs> this is a straight up guess. There's no hunch here at all. I'm going to say eventually law of averages, right? It's got to be a no. You're correct. It is not. He was right. drafted by the Colorado Rockies. Remember they All right. before. Yes. Uh, uh, Walt, no relation, Kachuk. Walt Kachuk, I believe, was drafted by the Rangers. Um, oh, this is interesting. I cannot find. I don't. Hmm. It, on this, both on his Wikipedia and his elite prospects, it does not say. So I assume not. You know what I mean? Right. He's a he's a foreign player too. So he might have. Uh, I believe he had played some season overseas and then in Canada. So who knows? Just signed. Maybe, he might have been one of those weird cases where he was playing like in the WHA and then just signed. You know what I mean? Right. A la Mark. Uh, excuse me. A la like Wayne Gretzky. Uh, it gets easier as we get closer here. Abby Kelly Kisio. Uh, I mean, this might be the first time I ever heard this guy's name. Uh, I'm going to say, yes, he was drafted by the Rangers. Let's see. What is going on with the least prospects? For a lot of these players, they have in the spot where they're supposed to be, whether or not they're drafted. But, uh, yeah, there's not saying. So now i got to go with Wikipedia. Sorry for stalling. He went undrafted, so he was not drafted. Okay. Okay, that's probably why. Uh, where are we? Anyway, Mark Leap Messier, easily enough. <laughs> yeah, no, he was not drafted by the New York Rangers. Brian Leach. Brian Leach was drafted by the New York Rangers. Yaramir Yager. Was not drafted by the New York Rangers. Chris Drury. Was not drafted by the New York Rangers. Ryan Callahan. Was drafted by the New York Rangers, I believe. Ryan McDonough. Was not drafted by the New York <sighs> Rangers. I thought I was going to get you there for a second. Well, no, we got him through the Gomez trade, which is that's right. It's which right. is why so I, I said I get you. It and was one of the worst you, trades in NHL. Yes, and obviously now we're up to Jacob Trouba. 
which obviously is in so you know funnily enough it's like it seemed like the rangers started out with a lot of homegrown captains and as the years have gone on they have uh, been outsourced although you know obviously it, it's nice it helps having callahan in there and then uh leech a little bit before him but yeah and you know it's I don't know. It's, it's it's not like McDonough. Like although the Rangers did not trade for McDonough, it's kind of like the Fox thing. It's like he still feels like our player, you know? Yeah. I mean, he, it's like he, you know, he, it's not like he played any NHL games for uh, the Canadians. You Canadians. Know what I mean? yeah. yeah. No, and you know, you do feel like you kind of developed him, and, and and he is a full New York Ranger, and I. Even ask him. I mean, I don't know how attached he got to Montreal. Just like I don't know how attached uh, Fox really got to Calgary or. Uh, well, or apparently, Carolina. he never had plans to get attached anyway. Yeah. So you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's again, you know, if even if Fox does become captain later on in his career, you know, I still feel like you know he was a New York Ranger since day one and and although you know his rights might have been owned and transferred around you know that kid you know was red white and blue from the very beginning i think he his heart was always in new york he had a vision to play for the rangers and and didn't stop until uh that became a reality so uh that was a fun little quiz andy thank you sorry it was a little little uh when we decided to record this i tried to throw it together very uh haphazardly and quickly and it shows wasn't as prepared as i would like to have been but no it just thought it'd be fun in honor of true being named captain uh i think it puts a lot into perspective because uh yeah it's uh it was weird uh, it's funny it wasn't weird until now that we have a captain i was like oh huh, it was kind of weird we didn't have a captain even though during the time i was like no this isn't weird it's like it makes sense and now you have one and you're like yeah it was kind of weird <laughs> they didn't have a captain for so long yeah you know yeah. do you um obviously not to make this drag on too long, but do you think, does that affect, do you think not having a, a captain makes it more special to have one? Or do you think it's just, honestly, it was a big, much to do about nothing. They should have just put it on someone. It doesn't really matter. Uh, well, personally, and I, I'm curious to hear how you feel about this, but given like there was no clear cut captain in, in, in my eyes. And when you're trying to pick a captain and to have that, issue kind of be questioned at the start of a rebuild you know it's always hard to really like you know you didn't know who was coming who was going and you know although this year you feel like the new york rangers were a put together team it wasn't until this year that the rangers were a put together team so um i didn't find it weird that they didn't have a captain only because we knew that they were in the process of rebuilding and only because you know, I think a lot of people just gave it to Kreider automatically because he was the most tenured, you know, player. But that's really not, shouldn't be the criteria of what a captain is. And um, again, I think the only surprising bit for for this announcement is that you and I pretty much had our hearts set in stone that Truba was going to be gone at the end of the season uh, to make uh, room in the cap. So, yeah, I don't really have. Uh, a, that's the biggest surprise to me. Not a surprise that, you know, Truba was, well, it's not a surprise that a player like Truba was named captain, just given the underlying circumstances of the cap. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, Cause I, I was thinking about it and let's say there was a rule that your team had to have a captain, right? Let's say there's a rule there. Your team okay. must appoint a captain every season. And it can't be the goalie. 
It cannot be the goalie. Okay. So in the, let's say in 2018-19, New York Rangers, the year after they trade away Ryan McDonough, who would have their captain have been? It would have been Mark Stahl now, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, honestly. It like, would have been Mark Stahl. Uh, you, maybe you could, uh, they weren't going to give it to Jesper Foss, right? No, no. Maybe you could, maybe Kreider could have taken it then, but uh, Kreider in 2018 and his rep now are two totally different things. Was Zook on that team? He was. So Zook I mean, could have been the captain, fan favorite. That would have been a good pick. Yeah, I, I honestly, I listen, knowing how the Rangers are, they probably would have picked Mark Stahl. But for me, I don't know, a player like Zook probably would have been yeah. in the in discussion as well. Yeah. All I'm saying is there's a, a there's a horrible alternate reality where Kevin Shattenkirk was captain of the New York Rangers for <laughs> a season before getting bought bought out. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, man, it's weird. Looking at looking at this New York Rangers in twenty seventeen or excuse me, the 2018-19 season now is very interesting because some of these players have improved and some have obviously fallen off more. Uh, you have Zabanjad was their leading scorer with 74 points um, and 30 goals. Kreider, second place with 52 points. Artemi Panarin had 74 assists, period, last year. I know. Artemi Panarin, not on this team, obviously. Yeah. Kevin Hayes had 42 points. Buchnevich had 38 points. Uh, Zook had 37 points. Um, a lot of these players had injury problems. Zook only played 46 games in the 82 game season. Uh, Mika played the full 82. That helped him out. Uh, Hayes only played 50 games. Booch only played 64. Zook only played 46. Jimmy VC had, was in uh, six with 35 points, although he played the full 81 games. And uh, Lord knows how much ice time he was given uh, by Elaine Vigneault at the time, right? So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking at this team and I'm getting a shudder because even though some of them are better now, uh, this team still does not make the playoffs. So, or maybe they do. I don't know, actually. Buchnevich, with the player Buchnevich has come because this team would be, uh, <laughs> would be Kreider's imagine at Buchnevich and then uh, Zuccarello, Hayes, and uh, Ryan Strom would be your second line. Okay. So, yeah, and then. The but problem. then obviously the problem is the depth under that is VC Nemestikov, uh, Philip Heedle, who is now a good player, Brett Howden, Jesper Faust. And then their decor is, oh, is a nightmare. It's, it's Shattenkirk, D'Angelo, Stahl, Pionk, Brady Shea, uh, and Brendan Smith. And, and, and uh, a, a young upstart, uh, uh, where is he, named Libor Hayek. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, uh, God. I, you know, well, Pionk actually turned out to be a very yeah. solid defenseman. You know, yeah, he's a he's a he's a he's a goodish defenseman. I mean, for a while there, he was hanging around point getters uh, in the league lead for for defensemen and points. Yeah. So the Rangers, uh, hey, listen, the Rangers can develop defensemen. Say what yeah, you want. Yeah. No, you're very very true. Very true. Uh, yeah. Anything else, Andy? Uh, no, that's really it again. You know, sorry, I'm not going to be able to join you for uh, the episode that drops on Thursday. If it drops, I think we rise right now. We plan on it dropping on Thursday, but, uh, yeah, I hope everyone else is enjoying, you know, they're, they're the dying, uh, 
dying weeks of summer here. Although based on how hot it is or it has been, I wouldn't be surprised if we have, uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's in the the 80s going into the end of September. So, uh, yeah, hope everyone's just getting in their time at the beach or in the parks and just in the sunshine while they can. And uh, yeah, well, when I get back, we can talk about the world juniors and everything you know wrap that tournament up and how it all goes and uh yeah hopefully everyone is uh yeah just enjoying their last few weeks of summer so we'll see y'all next time thank you for listening to the broadway boys podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at broadway boys pod and please rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify soundcloud or the hockey podcast network.com You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.